Hello, welcome back to another episode of Make Melanade. In this episode, I'm chatting with award-winning writer and neurodiverse artist Kit Redstone about their new show, Passengers. Passengers is on at Vault Festival, so catch it while it's there. Kit also has a mild form of dissociative identity disorder, which is a complex psychological condition that was previously known as multiple personality disorder. So we talk about that in the podcast as well and what it's like making art as a neurodiverse person. Right, enjoy and let me know your thoughts. Okay, hello, welcome to another episode of Make Melanade. Today I'm talking to Kit. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, my name's Kit Redstone, uh, and I'm a theatre writer and director with Dissociative Identity Disorder. Thank you. Um, so you've also got a show on at Vaults the same week <laughs> yeah. that um, Melanade is on. So it's called Passengers, and on uh, 19th to 22nd of March. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, but currently you're in at, do, at, doing Adderdale Fringe, is that right? Is that uh, Adelaide Fringe. Adelaide, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> what, is it very nice weather over there? Um, it is. I mean, it's been up and down. Um, but, you know, in in true British style, every time the sun's out, we're kind of lying in the midday sun. Yeah. Sort of semi, semi-naked. Um, yeah. Enjoying to, to it. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. So you just perform in like the evenings and then have the day to enjoy yeah, the sun. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's kind of like the opposite of Edinburgh Fringe in a sense. Yeah, not <laughs> rainy and dark. <laughs> no, no, it feels kind of like a luxurious holiday, really. Yeah. Um, which I'm certainly not going to complain about. No, that's amazing. So how, how long have you been there a month or? Uh, we've been uh, yeah just over three weeks and we'll we're coming back in a couple of weeks so it's been quite a long run. Yeah, that is long. And then you you're coming straight to vaults. Yes, with jet lag. Yeah, yes. oh god. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. so we're just speaking on the phone at the moment, and Kit is um, you've just woken up. <laughs> and I have just yeah, woken up. over there and here it's just like set ten o'clock <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, so so our, yeah, no, I was going to say our hormonal um, balances are completely different. Yeah. Oh, really? Like on, um, yeah, <laughs> my body's like ready to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a day ahead of you. Yeah. I'm in the future. You are um, in the future. Yeah, is... so this, this podcast is kind of miraculous for lots of reasons. Yeah, there's like playing with time. Massively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um it would be great to know, like know a bit more about passengers and yes. that is yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh Passengers is a very, very physical, dark comedy. Um uh, about um the three alter personalities of a fractured mind. Um so it's set entirely within the brain of a character called Max. Mm. Um, and it's a sort of retrospective of his life and how he got to a sort of unpleasant moment where he ends up in a police cell. Uh, so, yeah, so it's it's kind of bonkers show. Um, and the idea of it really is 
although it's kind of focusing on DID, uh, uh, I guess the aim is um, to sort of create a kind of universal exploration of how we are all multiple and how we all have dis- different personalities that are in the driving seat um, at different times. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. You can see what you and like kind of, yeah, making it universal and see what you mean, like people yeah show different personalities when they're doing different things yeah 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 and and sort of how you know like i i really think that it's kind of damaging in a way to see yourself as just um one person because Mm -hmm. i think as humans we're really contradictory and paradoxical um and i feel that we can kind of have more compassion for ourselves um if we don't try and reconcile all our behaviors and sort of I don't know like perspectives as one thing um because obviously you know like we don't work like that like I I, obviously with DID um a lot of my experiences are kind of contradictory but I think that in a sort of broader sense everybody can relate to that um that maybe there's times in their lives where they've behaved in a certain way um that they can't reconcile with who they think they are and if you see yourself as multiple in a way um you can kind of be kinder to those aspects of yourself mm. no definitely and it's a really that's like a really interesting point like if you just stick to one thing you're not gonna like always like learn other things as well and no yeah like, exactly like learn more about yourself yes mm. yes like I guess for me I just um kind of another show that I want to make later down the line is kind of looking at like fashion and trends um and it kind of just makes me think like when I get dressed in the morning it's really to like see how I feel that day and this idea of like (laughs) maybe not the whole show is about this but um like style and trend and just makes like if you're meant to like dress a certain way then that's your like personality those are the things you like and kind of like shows that one thing do you know what yeah, I'm trying to yeah, get absolutely. at of course yeah I mean identity is very performative and I think you know fashion fashion allows us in a way to kind of make that performative difference mm. you know those those different parts of ourselves very visual yeah and you know also it has a direct impact on the way that the world treats you so you can wear you know, like, I mean, I experience it myself. If I wear a tracksuit, um, the world definitely responds to me very differently than were I to wear a suit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. No, that's, yeah, it sounds like amazing showing. Like, the photos look incredible as well. Like, it looks really visual. Oh, thank you. That's, yeah. uh, that's down to our wonderful director, Jessica Edwards, and our set designer, um, Alberta Jones, who are both really, you know, just really great. And our set is, oh yeah, I should explain, our set is, mm. a, is a giant climbing frame. Um, so this, I would say it's a sort of like adult, quite sexually dark kind of kid's world in a way. Um, and the set sort of demands a kind of exhausting physicality at all times, uh, which is kind of, I guess, metaphorical for the, for the, you know, the mayhem inside the yeah. protagonist's head. Oh, that sounds like amazing. I think if you're listening oh, to the podcast, you. then 
for whoever's listening, just go look at the photos as well. <laughs> like, cause they are yeah, great. The one on the photos. yeah, the one on the website is awesome. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, kind of what made you like want to write the the show? I guess. Um, I so I was having therapy. Uh, there's a particular therapy that looks at multiplicity um, in in kind of universal way. So it's not just for people with the ideas for anyone. Mm. Um, and it's called uh, internal family systems therapy. And you identify um, different personalities. Um, and in my case, these were uh, sort of very dominant older personalities. And while I was going through the therapy, um, much to the uh, annoyance of my therapist, um, started to become very creatively interested in it rather than personally. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I've used my therapy sessions as kind of research um, you know, <laughs> kind of research uh, sessions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And then I was like, you know, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is such, like, this is all internal, but it's so dramatic. You know, there, there's kind of, it, it's kind of within this metaphorical world where everything happens internally. There are murders and um, dreams and fantasies and, you know, you can kind mm. of go anywhere. And for me, that felt very pertinent to theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the way that theatre mm-hmm. is has its limitations, but you can literally take an audience anywhere, yeah. any time, um, any place. Definitely, just like using certain senses, and yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, that's so. <laughs> you could kind of like with the arts council application pay for the <laughs> the therapy is it research and development <laughs> yeah yes i mean yeah <laughs> unfortunately i didn't yeah yeah if only <laughs> um yeah, exactly that's a really interesting yeah way to get in like into it. and i guess so they were kind of just anybody can could have done the therapy then if they yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, lots of people, it, 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 you know, it's, it's a kind of framework, like a, a, a quite a radical new therapy. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, I mean, in some ways, IFS doesn't even really believe in DID because they think everybody is kind of like that to an extent. Mm-hmm. And the people with DID just have it to a much more exaggerated extent. So, so there's some, there's a little bit of kind of, um, uh, I don't know, kind of, uh, I'm trying to find the right word. It's too early in the morning. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of friction between the DID community and IFS, but I kind of chose to ignore that and use both. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that kind of um, goes back to like before we um, did this when I asked if you were like identified as it being as being neurodiverse. Because um, yeah. it's just like, where was I going with this point? Again, quite late at night. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. It's the only time we were. I'm very happy to yeah. do it. Um, and I was kind of like reading about um, a, like probably not a great source, but somebody's who was has mental health and their opinion on it being like used for using neurodiversity for mental health. And they were talking about um, how neurodiversity 
kind of has like that these things don't always need cures but then recognizing that some mental health um for example depression does like that can be very dangerous to that person so that does um but I guess with like me being like dyslexic and dyspraxic for me it was like there isn't a cure this is what it's like for me on for like my life this is it's a part of me um and I guess for you as well like it is it's something that you what have always had Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I think it stems from childhood. Mm. It, it normally comes from trauma. So, you know, um, I think, you know, trauma can kind of occur when you're young and then you sort of split yourself as a defense. Mm. But going back to what you just said about like not neurodiversity and what needs treatment and what doesn't, yeah. I think that, you know, yes, I absolutely agree with you. You know, something like depression is by its very definition not pleasurable something to be celebrated really for anyone you know Mm. it's just debilitating and horrible but there are lots of ways that the body and mind sort of will work to cope with things Mm -hmm. that is rather beautiful and I think that like you know sort of I think a lot more discourse needs to be had over the idea of what is a disability and you know the ways in which we can celebrate the differences between us and have respect for their kind of I don't know their their magical wonderful resilient qualities Um, and then the way that they throw interesting lines on Um, so I guess I'm really passionate about that like in seeing the positivity of neurodiversity yeah you just broke up just a little bit on that last bit I felt uh, like that was the. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I'll just repeat that. So I, yeah. I, I think I'm quite passionate about you know seeing the positivity and the wonderful things. Yes. Um, about neurodiversity. Definitely. Um, in all its forms, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely how I feel as well. It's like recognizing that while some of these things can be um, can be like hard to live with, they also like come with beautiful, like as you said, like amazing skills and. Yeah, things that can be really good within society and just like appreciating them and seeing how we can boost it and like support those things instead of like having to feel like they need to be depressed, like not depressed, yeah, suppressed, suppressed, (laughs) Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, you see it a lot in the deaf community, um, not you know, that's obviously not neurodiversity, but it's something that's seen as a disability but has created its own language and mode of communication and culture mm. and you know like and I think a lot of deaf deaf people celebrate that and yeah. you know are very think of it as a proud identity yeah definitely definitely that is um yeah how I feel kind of like I do see I'm trying to not say that like I have dyslexia but I am dyslexic and it's like yeah, yeah. really small, but like it's kind of like having dyslexia for me sounds more negative than saying I am dyslexic. Like dyslexic is a way that I process and think just the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Which is, and, and also like, you know, with dyslexia, I mean, for me, um, there's a real beauty to the kind of reimagining of words. Mm. Yeah, you know, and and sort of containing within them, you know what I mean. This kind of, 
you, do you know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of, there's something, I mean, I hope it's okay for me to say this. Yeah, yeah. But because it's just a perspective, and I don't know if it's an offensive perspective or yeah. not. But, but um, there's something kind of amazing about, like, re-examining what a word can be. Yeah, definitely. And the way, yeah, it can look and be in, like, what it could, like, mean, definitely. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, there's something you can, like, really creative with it. There's an amazing artist whose name I am not going to remember, but they've made some amazing, like, visual work about their um, dyslexia. Um, Like, really amazing work, like, artwork with words. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can't remember the name. Um, I'll put it in the intro if I find it. Um, but yeah, they've made great. some great, really, <laughs> yeah, really great, like beautiful words, like you said, yeah, reimagining it and looking at it in a different lens. Yeah, brilliant. really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds amazing. How how do you like find making work as being neurodiverse? Like, do you have a certain? Um, yeah. Way? So I mean, I guess for me, like having lots of different parts of you clamoring for attention. Um, can also can be quite exhausting. So I think for me, it took me, it took me like a long time to sort of like you know find a sort of balance and an ability to be sort of still and peaceful um, in order to do work. And I would say that my practice as an artist really cemented itself like in the last ten years. And before that, it was very, very difficult for me to sort of, you know, um, I guess see projects through because mm. I felt so kind of changeable. Um, but now, what's interesting now is that, like, it depends on the project. With this project, it was a very hard project to write. So, mm. um, because it was all taking place in the head um, and there was no kind of discernible action happening on stage if that makes sense yeah so it was it was in some ways the hardest play I've ever written um and because of that I found that my very frightened childish parts would come out while in the writing which was quite interesting because I was writing about them in a Mm. sense um and that made it very very hard for me to sort of um access my creativity or my you know like more sort of uh competent parts um so you know it's there's a in a way a beautiful irony to the fact that in trying to write a show about my older personalities they were kind of going rogue at the time Mm. um so yeah (laughs) yeah i can see what you mean about like because it takes place in the in the brain like trying to that where there's not like oh this um play starts in a club or a coffee no, shop there's kind no. of like those set things that you know will happen in a coffee shop or a club yeah, that you exactly can, where yeah. it's the brain and, you know what <laughs> yeah. interesting you it has both a club and a coffee shop in it um but that Definitely. happens through memory so you know it does it you know like what's kind of amazing and i think what i found when writing it and creating it was that because it's in the brain it can go anywhere so it goes you know it takes the audience on a journey through a club an altercation in a restaurant um and into a fantasy of a projected future um 
So actually, in, in a way, it was very liberating, the fact that it wasn't cemented in a physical realm. Yeah, yeah no, that is, yeah, definitely. I can see how that's very, like, you've got the freedom to kind of go wherever, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. That's so funny yeah. that I said co- um, club and a coffee shop, and then the, they are yeah, in there. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knew? You, uh, you, you obviously have some sort of psychic ability. Yeah, I think so, definitely. <laughs> I'm very excited to see it. It sounds amazing. Um, oh, thanks. And like, likewise with your show. Yeah, yeah. Mine's a I bit. Know we won't get to see it, will we? Um, it's on the 18th and 19th. So you might be very tired. Because what time? What time? Um, eight fifty. So you might be very sleepy. Yeah. If we, if we <laughs> I, I can't even remember what time we're on, but I think we might be able to make it. So we'll ah. definitely come to one of them. Yeah, that would be amazing. And then to chat afterwards and hear your thoughts. Yeah, very exactly. much. The thing is, yeah, mine's a game show. I've got the different. Uh, the harder bit is because it's so known on like how a game show works is. I haven't had that freedom. I mean, I can create yes. it. There's no rules, but in theatre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Wow, that sounds very, amazing. Very right. different. I look forward to it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was just going to ask as well, because like, you do, um, with your work, it says that comedy with tragedy. I was just like, yeah. how you, because I try and do like funny and factual, so very similar um, kind of yeah. ideas, and it's yeah. how you yeah, like where you start with that and how you don't go too far one way, the other way, and how you keep that balance just be really interesting. Like, how you do that I, as a writer. I think I feel that, I mean, I, I really love, like, I don't think I'm capable of making something that isn't both very, very silly and very, very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the reason for that is that I think that humour can draw an audience in, in a way that sort of lampooning them with constant tragedy and seriousness is actually quite alienating Mm. and I also think especially when you're writing about like identity or um you know or 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 a subject matter such as you know like a disability or a perceived disability it's so you know people's expectations of going to see that show are kind of being preached at and for me laughter is a way of like drawing them in and showing them, you know what I mean, a, a sort of resilience. Like humour is resilience. Yeah. Humour is, for me, humour is activism. You know, the, the people I know who are the most, that I admire the most, I think are people who've been through, you know, some terrible things, some really difficult times in their lives. And that has made them um, sort of full of humour. Yeah. And a kind of love, humour, passion, compassion, you know, and, and play. And I think mm. holding on to that playfulness yeah, within think, you, despite, yeah. yeah, no, go on. I was going to say, yeah, play, just like the word play and like having that, keeping that in there is just, um, yeah, I don't know where yeah. Go. just think like play within theatre is so important, like looking at the different ways that you can, yeah, create play is like yeah. a way of learning. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I also think that sometimes treating something, I think sometimes people are surprised that you can laugh at something that is seen so as, as so serious and dour in society, you know, and it's really liberating to allow an audience to laugh with you, you know, at the absurdities of, of you know, like pain, really. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I was like, what, remember for like playing 
comedy is like Melanade kind of looks at the education system and how that's lost that kind of play. Right, yeah, 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 um, yeah, which is super important, right? Yeah, definitely. I think for people who are neurodiverse and you're very creative, like everyone I've met is neurodiverse, is creative in one way or another. I think it's because your brain yeah. looks at things maybe differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, like, I think that people who are outside of those, um, those communities, like, have a very kind of, like, misguided idea of it being very self-pitying and, mm. you know what I mean, like, fragile, when actually, I think, I think what I'm trying to say is that there's strength in comedy, yeah, especially when it's directed at painful material yeah. and I think that like there's a kind of awful right wing there's this current sort of belief that from the kind of right wing um, provocateurs mm. that you know sort of people who are more vulnerable are kind of humorless and you know like worthy and I think that humor can be an incredible political tool in in galvanizing support you know definitely definitely i think i think comedy is a very serious thing a mm. serious wonderful like mighty thing definitely definitely i think it brings and brings everyone together if everyone's kind of laughing and yeah yeah and then you can hit them with the really hard stuff you know and it's a surprise definitely. and i think i love taking the journey uh, taking the audience on that journey of kind of like oh where are we where are we going what this is ridiculous oh my god this is you know this yeah. is like insane and hard and we you know um i would say when we have tears in the audience um you know which doesn't happen all the time but like when we do it's definitely with the show that had the most humor at the beginning you know mm. yeah no definitely yeah, I'm very very excited to see it. No, yeah. sure. And then, um, is it on anywhere else after Vaults? The pet passengers, uh, or is so it? So we've we've already done quite a bit of uh, London, and we I think we're doing we're doing a date in Hartford, and then I think we're working more on international touring. So we're trying to get it to America, uh, which is kind of. Yeah, what we're one of the reasons oh. why we're in Adelaide is uh, to to sort of show it to delegates um, from the states in particular, um, so where we like to take it. That's very exciting. Well, good luck so, with yeah. that. Thank I, you. I hope that they yeah go to America, another sunny holiday, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, stick up, yeah. stick a finger up at Trump. Yes, um, yes do that yeah. <laughs> you can stick up um, another one for me if you go yeah, I will. <laughs> thank you, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um well i'll let you get on with your uh, day yeah. great and but yeah sleep well thank you <laughs> i hope you have a great day <laughs> um it's been thank great you. talking to you um yeah.